So I think coding as well gives a lot of people their understanding how things are created, how things are working around you and what you're kind of using daily. Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining me. My name is Franco Verriano, and I'll be your host for the Tech Plus Art podcast. Tech Plus Art is the community for curious individuals and creators who are looking to make a dent in the universe. Together, we're exploring the new frontiers of creativity, humanity, and how emerging technologies will continue to shape our culture, professions, products, and much more. Join me on this journey as we speak with artists, makers, researchers, designers, and creators from all backgrounds and fields. Tech Plus Art is an inclusive community, and we make our content for you. So we want to hear from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, topics you'd like us to explore or contribute to yourself, reach out to us on Twitter or via the website. You can check us out at maketechart.com or at maketechart everywhere else. So with that out of the way, let's get to today's episode. Today we're speaking with Saskia Freike, an artist, creative coder, interaction designer, visual designer, and the educator based in Amsterdam. Her work focuses on structure, geometry, and playfulness. A big part of our artistic practice is her daily art project that started in January 2015. Each day sees a new exploration and experiment with generative patterns and animations. So welcome and thank you to Saskia for joining us today. Hi Saskia, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Super excited to have you here and learn a little bit more about you and the work that you've been putting out on a daily basis for, for almost four years. Well, just, just some of the work that you've been doing, right? But before we dive into all that, can you tell us a little bit about you? Where are you from and what was it like growing up? Yes. So I'm from the Netherlands and I lived most of my life in Amsterdam and where I live at the moment and have my art studio as well. I think I always been creative when I was younger. I love to work with my hands, create things. And after high school, well, even during during high school, I was doing more art and even like electronics classes a bit more than other students. But then I went to technical school about advertising, presentation, communication. So I was mostly focused on graphic design. So between the age of 16 and 20, I was kind of learning more the graphic design and visual communication. I loved it, but I also... I liked working on the computer, but I liked drawing and making sculptures and things. So I never really wanted to focus on the computer itself. But then I ended up doing a bachelor in interaction design. And it was at the University of the Arts Utrecht and within the School of Games and Interaction. So it was together with game students, game artists, game designers, and then interaction designers. So it was also a lot about play and playfulness and playful interaction. And the time I was also doing a lot of installations uh, with electronics. But as I had this background in design, I kind of always was focused on the interaction design, on the concept, on the visuals, but never like the coding part because other people were much better in those things. And then after so I learned processing and some other tools back then, but I really didn't get it at the time. And later I started again, I think one year or two years after my graduation, just exploring again with coding and doing kind of, I, I was a bit bored when I was done with studying. You kind of don't have space anymore to just do random things you always like working so it's kind of looking to find a way to be more creative and slowly that ended up in doing my like daily thing 
That's super cool. And so you spoke a little bit about focusing on the design and the physical and the machine as just a tool and staying away from the code for a first little bit. But then yeah. when you start to get back into processing, like what drove you to the computer as a tool and what drove you to like the interactive creative code art as a medium? So I think when I first started learning programming, it was even with Flash and ActionScript and then processing and open frameworks, and Arduino, word of things. And during my studies, uh, we worked a lot in group projects. So I learned, learned a little bit, but as I said, there were always people uh, doing more. So I was kind of, after my studies, I kind of was exploring how to, the idea, what I had is because I had this design feeling and I always loved to do design and graphic design and I like to have grids or thinking, how could I transform my design knowledge and make art uh, with that. So then I started to, like I came across a Skillshare class from Joshua Davis with the Hype Framework uh, and it was focused on making patterns with processing and the Hype Framework. And that kind of was the, again, the first trigger to start exploring coding a bit more in, inside this framework. So that really helped me to understand a bit more. But I was also using a drawing software called Hexels. Uh, and this nice software, you can draw grids, hexagon grids, and all kind of grid, all that grid aligned things, that graphic design kind of feeling started to kind of explore how to yeah make more my own artistic work from it yeah after some time i in 2016 i started to do a master's in computational arts at goldsmith university of london and there i had a lot more time to really learn again all those tools but i think it really helped me to at least saw it when i was doing my bachelor to kind of get a feel of it but i didn't understand and a few years later it, i'm getting it and even some things i don't get but then I, I'm teaching it as well, and then I'm understanding it more. So for me, it was really doing it a lot to to understand everything again. Yeah, absolutely. That, that makes sense. It's funny how that happens that as you you know yes. practice more or come back. I, you know, I, I learn the same way. It takes it takes several times to yes. you know really understand how something works, and then I think at that point you understand it more intuitively almost. Um, yeah. So it's almost like a, a deeper learning after time. So also fine to just leave things for a bit and come back to it later to learn about it. Yeah, just don't give up. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you mentioned, I guess, like as you were doing your masters and you come back over the last four years, you've you've been sharing on Twitter and and on your website a new piece of digital art every single day. So, what motivated you to start that type of project, and what have been some of the biggest outcomes over the last four years for you? So, I think the initial idea started in September 2014, when uh, beginning of the year, I was kind of exploring all these things and I was showing it to a few people, but never really, oh, look what I've made, it's nice. And I always like, I'm really a perfectionist, so I really want everything to be perfect and it's not good enough. So I said to myself, and even like when something is finished, it's really hard to say to yourself when something is good enough to be done with it. So I thought, well, I will do this challenge for like one month every day. I will make something and will post it as well online on Tumblr back then only. And it was really, really, really hard to do. 
at least to be like creative every single day to find something new to make as well to think about if it's good enough or not and then to post it online so people can see it it was really a way to get out of my comfort zone and then during those months following i mostly did almost every day but not each day and then january 1st came and then i thought well, let's see, maybe I can do two months, maybe six months. And I was as well thinking that then, oh, if I do six months, I cannot think about what to create anymore. I have made so much, but yeah, now it still kind of continues. So yeah, I think having this daily, it kind of really gives me a structure to kind of explore and experiment with making art and being creative. It really helps to kind of be in a creative flow. It's much more easier than that first month. Uh, and it's just something I do daily. I think a lot of people try to do like 100 days of code challenges. And I think they should just try to continue because it's going to get easier or something just part of your life. It's really a time for playing and relaxing. And I think this daily project really helps me in, in playing with colors and understanding design things, what works and what doesn't work. That makes sense. And so I think that's a really good segue into understanding, like, obviously, you've got a studio, you work on a whole bunch of stuff, the daily artwork is just, you know, a small piece of it. So what is your creative process? Like, where do you get your ideas and inspiration from? And, and how does that, you know, daily exercise fit into that flow you were just talking about? So inspiration can come from everything, something I just see something on the street, uh, something I pass by. I've been working now this year mostly with weekly teams. Uh, so each week I kind of explore something different, but mostly something that I've done before. And I think iterations really help to kind of explore going to museums and other seeing other artists. There's lots of inspiration everywhere. And sometimes even in the subway or something, the colors of I can see something from an ad or something else. And that's something I want to maybe play with those colors. I think inspiration can as well be maybe a challenge you put on yourself. It's like my weekly theme now. Last year it was monthly theme, so I really had to push. I had this framework to try to explore what I can do with it and trying to make something different every day can also inspire you. And previous things can also inspire and mesh up things together. So I think as well, watching your own work and getting inspiration from previous things because sometimes I even forget what I've made last week. So it's it's good to look back sometimes and what you have created and what you can iterate some more and get new ideas, what you can add. That makes sense. And so, you know, you mentioned, and, and, and obviously, I guess, like over four years, like there's a lot of evolution and re-exploring, trying things in new ways, pushing yeah. it a bit further, being more ambitious. And you mentioned like processing and some other stuff. Do you still use mm. the same tools? Like what tools do you use? And is the process of creating when, when it comes down to the actual software or the way that you approach it, is that the same or has that evolved over? No. Um, so I think last two years, it has mostly been processing. In the start, I was making as well animation with uh, Hexel's uh, software that was non-coding. So the last uh, years, it's been mostly the focus uh, on uh, using code. Processing is, I, I think, just my go-to tool because it's just sketching. It's a quick way for me. I think if you are using tool a lot, just becomes a pen 
for example, it's just something you use, but as well getting out of comfort zone. I think two, three years ago, I was learning again about open frameworks. So I thought, well, I try to do my daily in open frameworks uh, so I can kind of get into the syntax of open frameworks again. So that also really helps to see your code every day to understand what you're doing and learning. But mostly processing, sometimes P5, if I'm doing some other work, open frameworks, I'm not using anymore that much. Now I'm also started to do a bit more live coding performances and I've started to explore Hydra, what is nice to do. So I think those are my main tools that I'm using now. That's very cool. And and have you modified them in any way, or do you are you just building on top of the code that you know you're you're writing every day? Yes. Yeah, so I, I kind of not making every day a, a new sketch, but I'm reusing previous work uh, and editing those. So it's just creating kind of framework structures uh, that I use to explore within. Cool. And so when it comes to the rest of your studio and, and, and the work, like, do you exclusively work with code now or do you still do other stuff? And how do you balance no. creating for yourself and, and creating for your clients and, and other work? Yeah, I think that's always something really hard. So if I'm working a lot with clients, I cannot work a lot for my own work. And I find it also really harder to work on my own stuff than not having kind of a hard deadline. I think I, as well, I like creating more and exploring more than selling my work. So that's always a hard part to sell your own work. It's a bit more easier when you do design work, I think. But I wish I have an ideal situation, but it's also like randomly things are busy with teaching sometimes and things are busy with other work. And But yeah, those things also give you more inspiration to do your own work well. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you mentioned that earlier, like, you know, coming back to your own work or looking at what other people are creating. So you've been doing this for, for a long time in the creative coding community, like four years is a long time. So mm -hmm. how have you seen how have you seen that industry evolve, especially in Europe between teaching or seeing what other people are doing? How has that changed over the last mm -hmm. four years? I think, yeah, it becomes a lot more visible. I think during the time that I was learning processing, there were that much examples. I think the social media as well was a bit less active then. So there are much more communities locally. We here have Creative Coding Amsterdam and Creative Coding Utrecht, uh, local communities. There are many Creative Coding communities, but well as Facebook. And if you look at Twitter, for example, Plotter Twitter is amazing to see what all the people are plotting. And I think... I think it shows a lot more recently that you can do a lot more artistic things with code. I think it, that becomes a bit more visible than, than, than 10 years ago. 10 years, it was all new. And I think now it's just, it grows. And I think it's as well more accessible to, to start with it because a lot of people are showing their work as well. More inspiration of other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And so I guess like if you were to get started or if anybody, you know, wanted to get into creative coding, like what resources would you would you point them towards or what words of advice would you share in terms of something you wish you knew when you had started? I find it always hard to because nobody is the same, of course. Uh, I like having at least a few books. So I have the processing handbook. It's nice to read through even if you want to go to sleep just to 
check something working or how it works and you don't need to code it. There are a lot of online courses. I think that's that's as well a nice way. I think there's a P5 somewhere online course. So it's good to learn a basic. Of course, you have the coding train, from Daniel Schiffman. It's nice to watch if you want to dive into specific. But I think when you are starting to learn, it's really take the time to kind of investigate your code and try to think about what is it doing? What if I change this? What is it doing then? Just kind of take your time and make iterations. Don't try to learn everything at once. Stick with a few things and and play around with the things you know. And when you know a bit more, then grab something new and try to explore what you can do with that. So yeah, making a lot of iterations and playing with the things you learn. Don't just learn all the things you have and then don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point. And so I guess, you know, now that you've been doing the daily artwork for four years and maintaining, you know, your your freelance product and teaching, what's next for you? Are there any projects or focuses that you can share? um, Or is it, you know, still maintaining that course? So yeah, what I've said before, I've been uh, doing much more life coding that is slowly becoming a bit more focused and I'm organizing as well with um, a few people in Amsterdam life coding event. So it's a nice way to jam with other people, making music and visuals and been working a lot with the plotter that I want to get back into. So making more drawings. I really like to have the digital outcome of your code codes to transform that in something physical. In the past, I also have been doing kind of layered sculptures from shapes with laser cutting things out of wood. But yeah, not not really something big. I, I think I just want to kind of focus on, on yeah making things more to sell as well so people can have it at their home. So I'm yeah. working on my web shop, but it's always going very slowly. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that shift towards like live coding, like what has attracted you to towards doing more of that what is it about that emerging i guess you know opportunity or or style of of coding like what is it that has attracted you to doing more of that so if i do my daily i i kind of i'm in my home or in my studio my safe place i have all the time i can do whatever i want i feel um mostly just in a relaxed state kind of but when i'm live coding uh, i want to respond to the music that somebody else is uh, live coding. So if you're more triggered to kind of think real time, oh, I'm getting this music, what kind of visuals will suit this? And sometimes it's, I don't know what the music will be. So it's kind of getting that feeling of the music and trying to transform that into something visual as well, a really nice way to play and uh, maybe get challenged as well playing and responding to something else would you say that that has been like your most ambitious project to date or were there other some like installations or you know what has been the most challenging thing is it is it live coding or no i think live coding is it's more really a fun playful thing to explore and i really like as well the live coding community meeting people through playing around with codes but yeah, the biggest kind of project, I think, was end project for my master's uh, in computational arts, uh, where I made a installation, was really big, a physical installation called Scroll. So it goes about scrolling. It's about scrolling all the, all the time on your phone and you kind of do it at 
on the daily a lot and seeing a lot of things and i made this installation there were uh, one part would go from digital interaction on a trackpad to a physical screen that were all flip screens uh, so i created all these flip screens so i was laser cutting and 3d printing so there were 15 physical screens. So it goes, when you had the digital interaction, it, you would scroll through the physical screens. And the other part was a big kind of a rope you could pull uh, or pull back. And you would see on a screen that you were scrolling up and down through kind of videos. So that was a really big project that I worked on as well, being a, a more concept with doing a lot more research about what I wanted to say, to show. And I think, again, what's really important in my work is the playfulness as well, being playful with technology. So in that installation, it was also a lot open to kind of discover how the machine is working. So you would just see the Arduino and the wires. And that's something when I started studying maybe graphic design and interaction design, I think you always kind of learn about hiding the technology. And that's something when I started using more coding and, and understanding more about machines, I wanted to open up the machine and, and let everybody discover how things are working. Because I think it's a shame that you have a phone with a lot of things in it, but you don't know really how it works. So I think coding as well gives a lot of people their understanding how things are created, how things are working around you and what you're kind of using daily. Very interesting. And so over the course of your career and, and working on those kind of themes and, and you know, building up the processes and, and getting, you know, the code out into the world and, and challenging yourself, what is some advice that you would pass along? What, you know, what did you wish that you had thought about or learned sooner that you could share as, as you know, final closing thoughts for anybody who's interested in following a path? like yours if i look back if i would give me advice when the first time i would have started to learn code and then i kind of gave up because i didn't make sense for me i think really just take your time it doesn't have to come all at once if you don't understand something right away but you can create something with it just leave it like that it took me forever to kind of understand how a for loop really is working and what to put in it to it and just come back to things and try slowly to understand all the parts but don't get too crazy about it that you need to know everything i think it's more important to start playing as well if you have a brush or a pen or a different kind of pen it's always kind of checking how and feeling how that is working and learning a new tool will take time. But I think through play, it really helps to understand it more. Yeah, absolutely. It's very interesting. Maybe just pushing that further a little bit. What kept you coming back? What, what was the curiosity or like, you know, why not just give up? Yeah, I, I'm not sure why I started again with coding. I think it was first the interest of creating these patterns and having these patterns created by coding, which more easier way than doing it all in Illustrator. And I was really interested, I think, as well in that way, like using code to create something visual. So yeah, yeah. For me, it was a small thing to kind of get started into it and then slowly learning more and more 
to create something. And I think as well, uh, during the time I was exploring maybe as well other things, but it just really takes a lot of time to find something you are really interested in. So don't get crazy about that as well. Just enjoy the ride to explore what you find interesting and what works for you. Great words of advice. Saskia, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. It was amazing having you on. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Tech Plus Art Podcast. We're a very small team behind this project, so we greatly appreciate all your support. If you love our content and these podcasts, consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or two. This really does go a long way in helping us get discovered and reach more creators. As always, you can find us online at maketechart.com and at maketechart everywhere else. See you soon.